hey, we're all professionals here, right? Well, yes, but the whole notion of professionalism, what that means, has been changing over time. Maybe for good, maybe for not so good. This time it's a solo episode on the notion of professionalism and a professional message. What is changing, what's worth keeping, and why being professional in your message is going to matter more in the months and years to come. I'm Jim Carr. Welcome to the Manager Message Podcast. Welcome to the Manager Message Podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations. Those are the ones that generate by far the most and the most effective word of mouth. That means more growth in your revenue, customer engagement, employee engagement, and your brand and reputation. I help through professional speaking, consulting, and advisory work. On this program, we discuss the three foundational components for managing your message. First, the message itself, meaning the words, stories, and evidence you want your marketplace to know about. Second, your messengers the network of people who can help you share that message. And third, management habits that will shape your culture and turn your improvements into an everyday business advantage. My new book is launching very soon from Career Press. It's titled, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find a sample as well as pre-order opportunities in our show description and on the website, jimcar.com, J-I-M-K-A-R-R-H. Simply put, it is much easier to grow your business when you are a message manager. This is a solo episode. Typically, I am interviewing an expert guest, but you know, I opened a proverbial can of worms recently, and it brought up a topic that I think is worth talking about more broadly and getting your thoughts as well. For those of you who know me and follow any part of my work, then you'll know that I do a fair amount of writing. I do writing for columns. I have an ongoing one in Arkansas business. I've been doing for nearly 18 years now, as well as writing in other publications and other blogs, guest blogs, et cetera, et cetera. And also write a weekly memo of tips called the message manager memo. And as I was thinking about this notion of professionalism, I started to get some ideas in presenting them in my writing. I drafted a column for Arkansas business. And for those of you who might wonder what it's like when you're writing for a publication or website and you have an editor to go through on a regular basis, there's a lot of detail in that. But for the most part, you kind of get into a rhythm. I make my submission and it just kind of goes along the machinery. There may be a question or two, maybe a nip and tucks somewhere there in the offing, but things tend to go rather smoothly. When I wrote this column about professionalism and what I think it means today, within Oh, a couple of hours of making my submission, I had two editors at Arkansas Business who emailed back to me to tell me about some stories and to let me know that they thought this had really struck a chord. Similarly, when I raised this topic in one of my weekly message manager memos, I had half a dozen immediately subscribers to that message manager memo. 
came back with a story, an observation and the like, just more immediate reaction than I would typically get. So professionalism is something that has struck a chord. It's also something that is certainly subjective. It exists within a larger context, a larger culture that we have, and it's changed over the years. It's probably changed in some good ways for good reason. I recall when I was a young business person and trying to figure how to best look the part, dress the part, fit in, seem like a professional, even as a very young person. There was a book called Dress for Success. The author was John T. Malloy. I think it came out in the mid-1970s. He followed up two or three years later with one that was targeted toward women. And it was about grooming and dress and presentation. He drew upon experience and also on some psychological studies at the time. He would present images to people and ask them about the impression that they had about the person. It was some science behind it. It certainly reflected the business environment at that time, which was the mid-1970s. Things were a bit more homogeneous then. And so certainly things were a lot different. Demographically, of course, in terms of diversity in the workplace, sure, but also the ways that people work. They're dispersed. We are more connected, but oftentimes it's virtual. People are working a lot of different schedules. Not the same it used to be. So there's a sense that in many ways, maybe we've released ourselves from some of the cultural constraints, uh, some needless constraints that might have existed before, but also gotten a sense in working across lots of different kinds of organizations, 10, 15,000 working professionals, working with them directly across industries in recent years in very many places inside and outside the U.S., that maybe some positive traditional elements about professionalism have been forgotten or lost to some degree. So my focus has been not so much on how you dress, what you wear, how you look, but a little bit more on what you say, how you present yourself, your personal brand as it applies to your business, your organization, your cause, your entire industry, the messaging piece of this. And I say this as someone who is recording this particular podcast episode in jeans and a t-shirt. So it's not about being stuffy. It's not about being needlessly constrained, I don't think. I get a sense that we need to take a look at professionalism, what it really means. And when I share some thoughts with you here, I'll give you a sense of why I think it's going to be increasingly important in the months and a year or two to come. So I offer a handful of observations, and this comes from discussions with professionals in lots of different settings and lots of different places in my work again, across industries, geographic locations, and demographic groups. So the first observation of five that I'll share with you today is that professionalism these days involves transparency, but without TMI, or too much information. You know, being a professional these days comes with having a sense of clarity about what it is that you offer, the problems that you help solve, certainly what's in it for you, but the values to which you adhere, how you serve people in a very particular sort of way, who is a good fit for what you do. We hear a lot these days about the important role of transparency. Some people, I think, get a little unprofessional and they feel the need to emote or to share their life story in every conversation. So transparency in a professional sense 
is about the value that he have, the confidence in it, but knowing that you're not for everyone and everyone's not for you, being clear about motivations and benefits and fit. The second observation that I have these days is that professionalism includes empathy, but not necessarily all of the suffering. Almost every professional that I know of these days expresses the desire to build trust of being trustworthy. I've talked about on the podcast and with a number of expert guests, professional trustworthiness these days is a roughly equal combination of two factors, expertise and empathy. Expertise is that you know what you're doing. Those objective characteristics about your experience, your credentials, the testimonials, the letters after your name, those are the things that a lot of us feel more comfortable with in sharing. It's easy to be searched for that on Google, things you can put on your website and in your intellectual property. In a business setting, empathy is more difficult to demonstrate, but it's tremendously important. It means that you have and you can demonstrate an appreciation of the customer's situation, their strengths, their goals, their constraints, their hopes and fears. Empathy is not the same thing as sympathy. Sympathy is merely a feeling of concern about the other person. I have a friend who is a psychologist and therapist, and as he explained one time, we can be sympathetic toward a suffering animal, but not empathetic because we really can't get into their situation the way that they see it. Professionals develop their empathy so that they can best use their expertise for the customer's greatest benefit. So you can be empathetic and be professional. In fact, I'd say the more empathetic that you can be, the more professional you will appear these days. The third observation that I have is that professionalism involves speaking, but not upspeaking. There's no better way to demonstrate your expertise and empathy than through real-time human conversations, which is the focus of this podcast. So why waste opportunities if you have a speech pattern or a habit that undercuts your own credibility? An unfortunate number of professionals, especially younger ones, speak with high-rising terminal, HRT. Some people call it up-speaking so that their attempts at statements sound more like questions, or how should I put it, their statements sound more like questions? That undercuts otherwise valuable input and ideas. Now, I've had some people who have said, well, it's really a more inviting sort of tone. We're not trying to sound too authoritative as the voice from above. And yet, I've seen survey after survey, I've talked to hiring manager after hiring manager who say, that upspeak pattern tends to project a sense of being not sure of yourself, not sure about your ideas and the value that you have to offer. So your great ideas or someone who's on your team that may have a lot to say, but with that pattern, it won't come across. There is an element of confidence in professionalism, and unfortunately, upspeaking or high-rising terminal can serve to undercut that. A fourth point to me, is that professionalism involves standards, but not necessarily stuffiness. Have you ever discussed manners with a child, yours or someone else's? You might at some point heard some response such as, why are there so many stupid manner rules in the first place? Doesn't make any sense. Let's just say I might have heard something like that on occasion or two. Manners 
and other behavioral norms have generally survived over the generations because they provide an element of comfort and predictability. So professionals today do their best to do the small things in the standards, being on time, making eye contact, respecting boundaries, showing gratitude, and those other small acts that add up to a lot so that the people around them will be at ease and feel valued. That is a benchmark of being a professional in my view today. The fifth and final observation that I have is that professionalism fundamentally is about respect. I believe that a sense of professionalism, even imperfectly practiced, look, I get things wrong all the time. None of us are going to be perfect at this. But if you have that sense, if you have that aspiration, then it sets a tone of respect for yourself, your organization or cause, your industry, and especially other people as individuals. One of the bits of response that I got to my most recent message manager memo came from a friend of the show, a former podcast guest. Going back, Chris Duke. Chris is the founder and runs Anna's Gourmet Goodies. He underwent a great career change a number of years ago and has a successful entrepreneurial venture. And he's a very good storyteller as well. Here's what Chris wrote back to me. And I have his clearance to share that with you. Physical appearance and cultural norms vary from industry to industry. A pig farmer does not dress or speak like an investment banker. A master auto mechanic's hands are not as clean as those of an oral surgeon. And yet, there are professionals as well as non-professionals in all these areas. The common thread that separates the professionals in all of these areas is respect for yourself, for your work, for the truth, and for others. There has probably never been a time in our history when we needed a little more professionalism. That's from Chris Duke. I could not agree more. So given those five elements, that professionalism has transparency, but not gone too far, that professionalism involves empathy, not necessarily sympathy or feigning suffering. Professionalism includes speaking with authority and confidence, that professionalism involves standards, not necessarily stuffiness, and that professionalism is fundamentally about respect. So why does this matter? I think as we look across the economic landscape here in the United States and in much of the world, we are in good times. We have historically low rates of unemployment. Things are going pretty well. We've had a very long period of expansion. Some of it's been slow expansion, some a little bit more rapid, but things have been pretty good since the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. We know that economic cycles do not last forever. Things go back and forth at times. And as I talk to a number of people who run businesses and professionals who uh, are trying to get the most out of their talents and their work, listen, we're in high tide. This is what we might call my hometown and my home area back in South Georgia, these are times of high cotton. But as things change, then there will be, to some degree, a flight to quality, both in terms of the organizations and how they're hiring and trying to retain people and certainly for buyers. It's hard to find people to work. If it's hard to find what you need, then you're probably willing to look past areas of less than professionalism, thinking, hey, we can set some incentives, we can do a little training. We just need to have people who are available in our company and in our organization to serve customers. But as that changes, 
And if the tide lowers just a little bit, then there's going to be a lot more differentiation among individuals and companies in terms of how professional they appear and how people want to do business with them. So I look at this as a way in some cases, you can certainly stand out now and in terms of your offerings and the professionalism and the way that you present yourself and talk about the business and the consistency and how that happens across the organization, I think that the discernment will be becoming even more strong as economic times tighten in certain industries or maybe across the board and in certain uh, geographies over time. So from a preventive way, from a differentiation way, I think it's important to think about professionalism what it means in a practical way, that your notions of that are not trapped in some old and not necessarily uh, relevant sort of standards, but things that at a very human level will be important for your colleagues, for your brand, your reputation, and the future of your business. Those are my observations. It's obviously a, a subjective area, but one that I find that people want to talk about. And I hope that you'll want to join this conversation as well. I'm very pleased that you've joined the podcast, whether you are a returning message manager, perhaps this is your first time in, a little bit different episode today, but I'm glad you're here. And we continue to build momentum. That is because so many of you have been recommending us to friends and colleagues been leaving those five-star ratings. If you haven't yet done so, I'd ask you to take just a few seconds, tap subscribe on your way out and offer your five-star rating and review. That helps the robots to let other professionals like you know about this podcast and get value from it. There is that other free business messaging resource available to you, which is one that I mentioned just a little while ago. It's one you can read called the Message Manager Memo. It comes to your email inbox each week. A brief read with something you can put to work right away. You can sign up on the website, jimcarr.com, J-I-M-K-A-R-R-H.com. And while you're there, you probably know of a professional association, perhaps a company full of people who are looking for ways to be more professional, to improve their professional conversations and to get more confidence and consistency and grow the business. On my website, you'll see a speaking page as well as a related page just for event professionals. You can email me directly at jim at jimcard.com. If you would like to speak about ways that I might be able to help your organization, give people some ideas and some processes and some insights to improve those everyday business conversations, I would be very happy to set up a time to talk by phone if you like. My direct number is also on the website. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcar.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often. <laughs>